You're listening to the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. Today, we are joined by Debbie Marielle Elzia. Uh, she is an intimacy specialist for women, and we are very happy to have her on the show. So, so Debbie, welcome, um, and thank you for being on. Um, just to get started, would you be able to introduce yourself a little bit and give us a little bit of a background of, of what you do, how you do it, that sort of thing? Sure. Hi, Timothy. Hi, Constantine. Thanks for having me here. I'm yeah. in Loveland, Colorado. What a perfect... Uh, name of a town for an intimacy specialist and my company is more intimacy because that's what we all want and a lot of times i chose that word because i'm like intimacy what does it mean to women when we hear it oh this love and connection and special vulnerability but you ask a man what does intimacy mean to you and what did he say sex (laughs) nodding their head yeah, so I mean, we, but how can we make this work so that both parties are like thrilled and delighted with the relationship and getting their needs met both, you know, for both kinds of intimacy? So I, I created the Cherished Woman program and, and I work with just a woman in a relationship because mm-hmm. the woman actually has so much power to change the loving dynamic of a relationship. I mean, it's great if it, if couples want to go to couples counseling, but I was, uh, you know, a lot of times that's just anathema to the male of the pair to go talk to a person about their feelings, their fears, their failures, right? A stranger, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's against kind of guy codes. You guys are, are again nodding your heads, right. so it's like, um, but how can the what can the woman do if her man doesn't want to go to therapy or hasn't worked couples counseling and things like that? So my program is based upon, you know, three three things. One is that the woman shows up herself happier and less stressed because we are responsible for our own happiness. And your man, ladies, wants nothing more than for you to show up in a good mood. Right? Right. So we use proven positive psychology techniques to increase our gratitude, resilience, self-care, and also to build your sensual capacity because sexuality will be a big part of the program too. Then the second part is understanding your man. He is not a big hairy woman who is just misbehaving all the time. He is looking, you guys love that, right? He's looking through the world through his man glasses and he sees things differently. And the key is to really understand and celebrate instinctual male-female differences, and this being a key to stopping conflict, resentment, or shut down, build a wall, roommate mode, and sexless or sex-starved marriages, and building the safety, the intimacy, and the desire that comes from male-female polarity. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that jumps to mind right away when you started to talk about your program is that to your point, uh, Tim and I do see a good amount of couples. And often what we see is when people come in, be it just emotional difficulties or intimacy, there's always finger pointing. You know, if she would have done this, if he's doing that, then our intimacy would have been better. And I'm sure some of the people who don't necessarily benefit from couples therapy and some of the women do come to you. If you do notice that there's sort of this blame game that's going on, how do you typically address it? Because like this idea of empowerment, this sense of responsibility, that sometimes is different from what we see in couples therapy. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. Oh, well, I actually, okay. So as 
it, coaching is different from therapy and I have a coaching agreement that says okay. no excessive venting, huh. no man bashing. <laughs> My Facebook group has 1500 women in it and I have a rule that says no man bashing. It's just not helpful. And so we start every session with celebration. What went good this week? What's going good? And how can we get more of that? Because, you know, blaming and pointing a finger what they're not doing isn't helpful. Indirectly, the person will change. Because when one person changes in a relationship, the other does too, right? So what happens is, is a man, especially a man who's put a ring on your finger, who has, you know, you loved each other to pledge fidelity for the rest of your life. He loves you and he wants you to be happy. But often they're not in that mode because of resentment and disconnect. Well, you know what? When you start becoming his sweet and sexy girlfriend again, you know, channel a little bit of like, what were we like when we wanted him to fall in love with us? You know, how can we tap into our feminine wild that makes him really step up? That guy wants to please you. And within weeks, he's turning into the man who wooed you at the beginning, you know, as you're, you're both getting what you need out of the relationship. He's feeling respected and appreciated. And she's feeling loved and cherished. Wow. Wow. That's uh, I mean, that that sounds like a <clears throat> definitely uh, uh, an empowered way to go about it. Uh, Tim, what do you have? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just thinking about um, a lot of couples that I've seen in the past and, and just couples in general. And, you know, so many times I, I ask the question sort of like, like, what were things like when you when you guys first got together? Like what, what, what brought the, the, the two of you together? Like, what was that spark and how can we kind of go back there and sort of recreate it? Um, and I feel like it's, it's so easy for folks to kind of lose that and lose sight of it and get caught up in the, in the not so goods of a relationship. And, and really Debbie, what I, what I think I hear you saying is really um, encouraging people to kind of tune back into that and really uh, bring that back to life. And it, and it sounds like your program is kind of like really doing just that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, using the positive side, like, what does your man, what, you know, look at your man and, and, and notice his strengths, right? <laughs> notice the ways that your man shows you that he loves you that are not really like, let's face it, a chick way of showing love. <laughs> Could you give us some examples of what actually kind of goes on uh, during uh, like a consultation? How does that look like? Yeah, so we start with celebration. We start with what would you like to work on? And there's there's like it's systematic. So we, you know, I, I keep you know, keep us accountable for the happiness practices, the self-care. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Okay, so you're so you got annoyed with your husband over this. You know what? Instead of getting in a fight, did you go and take care of yourself and do mm -hmm. something that you enjoy that makes you feel good about your life rather than, you know, getting angry or annoyed? Or, you know, do you're writing in your gratitude journal and are you mentioning things about your husband in there? What if you told him? Did you tell him something every day that you're appreciative about in your relationship? And the guys just eat it up. Yeah. <laughs> they, they love it. And they start looking for ways to please their woman. <laughs> There's you're you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, two things kind of come to mind. One, that distinction to your point, coaching versus therapy. Therapy does have this sort of a, uh, I guess, mindset that you're coming to complain. 
uh, and talk about the negative things. And it does sound like coaching has a little bit more sort of like empowerment, responsibility, working on oneself kind of a vibe and feel that I think really lends itself really nice to what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That is like, I, like I said, coaching is not therapy. We do not need to dig deep into the, the dark side and the things that have happened in the past because they don't really serve. You can't change the past. You can only change the present and the future. Mm. Debbie, I, I, ever since you said it, I've been wanting to, I, I want to hear more about it. Uh, you, you encourage women to not see their man as just a big hairy woman. Um, and, and I think that that's very interesting. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear more about that. Right. So, so, so sort of like, like, like how might you, um, encourage, uh, women to understand their man a little bit better, not just a big hairy woman. Well, I mean, just the other day I was having a conversation with someone that's in a, a basically a sex starved marriage where she's lost her sex drive years ago and has turned her husband down countless times and to the point that their marriage is seriously in trouble. And so I have, you know, as we confidential here, but one of the things is that a lot of women in these situations, they don't realize like, I'm not interested in sex. Why is he such a pain, right? Why does he always want sex? He's, you know, it's so unfair. I shouldn't have to do it if I'm not in the mood and they are being told regularly, you should never have to do anything you don't want to do. You should never have sex if you're not in the mood. Well, that's kind of wrong on some many levels. One is we do a lot of things we don't want to do. We do them all day long in our job. We do it, right? We do things because we love people and we love our spouse. And we really should kind of want to do things that are nice to them, that make them happy. And the third thing is, is why not have sex? It's good for you too. If you give into it, if you start, if you allow yourself to relax and get turned on, you're probably going to enjoy it. Because women's sexuality is not like a man's, like is on autopilot all the time. For most women, we need some kind of turn on and we need relaxation and things. So the first part of my program, of course, is relaxation and finding, and then the third part of getting you the kind of sex you like. But in the meantime, that's an example of a mindset shift. It's like, oh, my husband wants to make love to me. And I always use the word make love. So I'm like the lovemaking coach. I'm a romantic coach. I'm not going to turn you all kinky and polyamorous and things like that. No, my women want to be made love to, right? So if you make love to your husband, you make your bulk of yourselves so much happier, right? You flood yourself with bonding hormones and suddenly like the reasons why you didn't want to sex or the, the resentments, they start to fade away under this, you know, this happiness hormone that we get from making love. So that might be an example. Sure. Uh, it, something that we talked about before the show was this idea that I, I brought up that a lot of people come to couples therapy to talk about the intimacy issues in the marriage. But you you mentioned something that was uh, very interesting, and I hope to hear a little bit more about the fact sometimes these intimacy issues um, transcend the marriage and start maybe even before. Could you elaborate on that a little? Right. So I actually wrote a, a paper that's being published in the Journal of Marriage and Family Therapy, mm -hmm. which takes the position of not every sexual challenge is a couple's issue. And here's mm -hmm. how you know. Did it predate the couple getting together and would it exist independently of them? 
So it could be the man's issue. It, and many times nowadays we see, you know, a lot of pornography compulsive, compulsive use. Mm -hmm. That could be the man's issue. But in a woman, for a woman, I say female sexuality is complex. And just because a woman isn't enjoying her sexuality doesn't necessarily mean it's his fault. Again, you know, he's not a woman. He doesn't know what it's like to be in your body. He doesn't know what your turn-ons are and things like that. He's not a mind reader, right? So we can communicate. Um, but a lot of these issues could emanate with the woman. They could be a lack of knowledge. I, I, in my paper, I wrote about six things that women need for great sex life. And I sum them up under six kind of big umbrellas and every woman's different, but this, I, I, I challenge, you know, find something in here that's not women need. Women need knowledge. They need worthiness and confidence. They need time, embodiment, which is the ability to get out of our busy, busy female multitasking brains, right? We're not fortunate enough to have a nothing box like you guys do, <laughs> right? We're not lucky enough. It's a practice for women to get out of our busy brains. Then women also need um, creativity and we need partner emotional connection. So I can talk a little bit more on, on these. Yeah, please, please do, because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure some of the, our, our listeners, be men or women, are very interested to hear more. Okay. So the thing is um, knowledge, right? We don't, get, we don't get a sexual education that's pleasure-based. Uh, and many of us don't even know the physiological facts about our arousal of both. Like, for instance, like our clitoris used to be, you know, pea bean size, right? For 30 years, 30 years, people have been walking on the moon and they didn't even realize the whole underlying structure of it is large, like five inches long underneath the surface, right? We don't even know anatomy. We don't know that there's many different kinds of stimulation, many kinds of orgasm. Most couples have the same kind of sex, right? Um, we don't know that necessarily about oxytocin and how we'll feel so much better and bonded to a partner once we make love. We forget that, right? So she also needs knowledge on what she personally likes because every woman is different. So what she, what are her turn-ons are, what her maybes are, and what her boundaries are. So in coaching, we get a personalized education so we know our own body, our preferences, turn-ons, arousal cycles, these kind of things. And then we learn to communicate our desires, our preferences to our beloved in a way that feels connected and not critical. Okay. And how does that, so that, that's interesting when you do begin to explore some boundaries and some uh, intimacy and interests, how does that uh, kind of play out when you are communicating to your, to your partner? Do you oftentimes hear that the partner is receptive to these? Do, is there a sense that the, the partner may not be receptive? Like how do you, uh, <clears throat> you know, move through that challenge or potential challenge, I should say? Yeah. I mean, I think that most men would love, you know, more, they, they want their woman to be into it. Let's put it this way. Yep. Everybody likes, you know, creativity and everyone wants the sex to be good, but it's really important for a man with your kind of your goal oriented hunter kind of mentality is you want your woman pleased in bed. Studies show that that is what men prefer even more so than a perfect body is they want their women genuinely enthusiastic and happy to be with him and feeling desire, right? Mm -hmm. You're nodding again your head. So no one can hear it in this podcast, but I see you yep. nodding your head. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, every, 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 you everything, you're, everything you're saying seems to be right. So yeah, it's easy to nod. <laughs> yeah. So a man wants his woman pleased. 
So um, generally, he's open to hearing what her suggestions are, her fantasies, her desires. Of course, if the relationship is in a bad place, that will feel like criticism and things like that. So, so you know, part two of my program is how do you relate to your man in the way that a man wants to be treated so that he in turn is dying to please you, you know, and really wants to please you. We may need to set the groundwork for that for a while before, you know, we can come in with all kinds of sexual exploration. Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Safety for both people. And if you've been walking on eggshells or resentful for years, you don't have an atmosphere of safety. And what do people want in the bedroom? They want safety. safety. And once you have safety, then you can have turn on. Right. Right. Very good point. And it sounds like you had some uh, other parts to the to your system. Yeah, that was just part one. See, okay. You must have said, oh, it's complicated. That was one out of okay. <laughs> The next part is worthiness, confidence. Right? Mm -hmm. We receive negative messages about sexuality, our body shape, our desires. And this is causing a lot of shame and confusion and guilt. And in coaching, we release shame in an atmosphere of empathy and support and changing the mindset. And what's neat about coaching is too, I mean, I have, you know, a therapist doesn't usually share with you, but a coach, one of the things that, that is so effective in getting past shame is an atmosphere of empathy. Like I get it. I've been there and I have been in the trenches. I was in a, a separate for seven years. My uh, ex-husband now did not touch me. I have been mm. a loveless, sexless woman for a long time. Plus I've suffered the usual shaming and negative conditionings right. and things like that, that we get in our society and even, and even trauma, you know, so I can relate and be like me too. And a lot of that is so freeing to us women that are just like so self-conscious about so many things. And then you feel like you have to give a performance in bed and it's not about you and just many things. So, you know, between keeping your self-care and your love tank full mm -hmm. in, you know, in being more confident in yourself that builds your confidence and um, the worthiness is about you don't need a perfect body or even a perfect relationship or a performance to have great pleasure, you know, the, those things are all helping you to build and shift your, your mindset around sex and your body and yourself and your desires. Hmm. You know, De De Debbie, I, I guess what I'm thinking a lot of, of when, I, when I'm hearing you speak is, you know, it, it sounds like a lot of these things, like, it sounds like we know these things, but, but these messages aren't like talked about, you know, like, like, these the, these things aren't said like amongst people or or even in a relationship and and it's almost like it it sounds like there's so many barriers to uh opening up these conversations and talking about them and communicating about them because really i mean what i hear you saying is really just kind of getting down to the basic needs and and, and how these things sort of work but it sounds like there are so many barriers out there for so many people that they just well, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of right. shame and embarrassment around sex. Most people would, I, I, I mean, the hookup culture is not helping. Most people would rather have sex than talk about it, right? It's like, <laughs> like right? And, and, and yet studies show that the couples that have the best sex lives have the most emotionally connected relationships, but and they also have the ability to talk about sex. So just by having someone like me as your coach mm -hmm. talk about sex mm -hmm. is freeing in its it's so liberating to have someone to talk about it because you really shouldn't talk about some of these things 
with right. your mother or your girlfriend because they might shame your husband. Right. You know, I mean, there's a fine line to what you should really share because if you talk about your husband's erectile dysfunction and all those things, I mean, how are people going to look at him? He will feel right. so betrayed if he ever heard that you talked about that, right? Right. But coaching provides an atmosphere of confidentiality, of empathy, but also, you know, knowledge because you're not alone. You're not broken. Female sexuality is complicated. You know, feeling worthy, confident, all these things, and being a great lover can be a journey. And, you know, it's nice to know that support is there. So support is also very healing. Uh, a little uh, while ago, you mentioned something about pornography. I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering kind of what's your stance on it? Is it uh, a definite no-no? Is it something to be enjoyed together or just would love to hear your thoughts on it? Ooh, that's a tough one for me because I actually, I, I hate to support it in any way because I think it does so much more harm than good because I'm the lovemaking coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, without a doubt, it's it's arousing. Humans are aroused by physical, you know, naked bodies and sex, and it's, it's arousing and such. But I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a tantric practitioner, a sacred sexuality practitioner, and I think that is a very deep and loving and connecting, conscious way of lovemaking, as opposed to porn, which is largely like visual stimulation, which is geared, you know, kind of manipulative of men, right? You're so visually stimulated that this is just like pressing all your buttons. But sex, lovemaking should be a full body experience, you know, not just the visual sights, but the touch and the energies exchanged between lovers and such. So I really am very concerned about porn. The average boy now gets into it at the age of 10. He's got the porn superhighway in his pocket. And your brain, and you know, men's brains are, you know, porn users, I should say, brains are being rewired right. to a level of um, stimulation that is not possible right. in a loving relationship with one woman. And it also demonstrates techniques that could only get a porn actress off. Let's face right. it, that's right. not real right. stimulation to a real woman. And our bodies take longer to be aroused. We don't just start orgasming at, at the sight of, you know, you know <laughs> <laughs> right? It's giving young, it's giving men the wrong message of what arousal looks for, you know, how to get a woman aroused. And yeah, so so generally speaking, I, I can't, I would never recommend somebody look into porn. In fact, I'm dealing, my clients have husbands that are so into porn or have had their brains like exposed to so much porn let's face it they're not they're not good lovers well that's that's why i ask because we you know tim and i typically do work with men and i would say every other man has said that explicitly and i'm sure the rest are just not not forthcoming about their 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 porn use that's why i kind of wanted to get your opinion on it yeah it breaks my heart for what it does to love making yeah and and i mean even Kind of going off of what I said before, right? Like, uh, there, there are all these messages that we don't get about sex and intimacy and, and love making and all of those sorts of things. So, so basically, everything Debbie that you're saying, like, we're I think we're nodding our heads so so much here because I think I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And also, I don't think we really get any of those messages. And unfortunately, where people get the most messages about sex is through porn, right? These. I know. You know what I mean? Like sex education, you know, and when you're in 
sixth grader or fifth grader or whatever. It's, it's very cut and dry, you know, these are the body parts and here's how they work together. Don't get pregnant. And then, uh, you know, young teens are watching porn and getting messages from that way. No one's really getting these messages of sort of like, yes, it should be this intimate lovemaking thing, right? It, it And everything else that you're saying. So there's this huge, I think, kind of a problem about like how sex is viewed. There's so much shame. There's so much misunderstanding and all the wrong messages are being uh, conveyed and the right ones, not so much. Yeah, like I said, the, the porn situation is, is bad and getting worse. And the something that has helped is building up the loving connection, right? Understanding that your man is different from a woman. And that's the thing. You can't cut your man off sex you know, and not expect him to turn to porn. Is he going to get a girlfriend? Is he going to get a hooker? Is he going to leave you? Oh, he's only into porn? Be glad you still have your husband. You cannot cut your man off sex. Right, because as, as I explained, my clients, your man is producing millions of sperm every day. That biologically, he has a hunger for sex that women don't necessarily experience. We crave romance before we get in the mood, right? So, how do you get your man to romance you? Sometimes the woman, you know, sometimes somebody has to go first and loosen up this this sex, you know, the sex intimacy conundrum, and mm-hmm. and you know, let go first. So maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to create this atmosphere of safety where your husband can actually be like, gosh, maybe my porn is a problem. And then there's therapists, there's organizations that can help the man with the porn. But right, but if, if he's not getting, you know, regular sex, then, I mean, it's, it's almost inevitable. Um, and there's this, almost, you know, there's something in between shame and entitlement. Some men are really shamed about their porn use. And some men are really entitled about the porn use, right? As you're nodding your through, you're saying yes again. So if a woman, as if the if the that is impacting the relationship, which it often is nowadays, create this atmosphere of safety and loving respect. You know, relate to each other, be a sexy, sweet girlfriend again, and then hopefully now it's you know a couple's problem and not right. just his problem. And now he has to you know reduce his use. Let's say that way, you know. Right. If not, if not quit, because he has a better alternative. Now they're having great lovemaking together, essentially, right? So that's a motivation for a man. Wow, my woman actually wants me. She wants us to be sexual explorers together. Maybe I'll be a little more motivated to lay off the porn somewhat. Right, right. And it, it just kind of, <clears throat> another thing that comes to mind, uh, there are two big sort of, I don't say schools, but two different ways to approach at least couples therapy that we know, one of which is that, okay, you really need to have emotions in line and connection, emotional connection leads to more intimacy, while somebody, uh, a lot of other clinicians say the exact opposite. If you can get the intimacy right, all the emotional kind of connection and problems uh, resolve themselves because there's such a strong uh, intimacy and enjoyment and enjoyment in the bedroom. Yeah, if I were working on the male side of the equation, I would probably help the man to become, you know, more romantic, more seductive, appeal to the woman a way the woman wants to be appealed to. But because I'm working with the woman, and it's like somebody has to go first, you know, it it could be it could be you know the sexual connection. But sometimes, I mean, just in sex-starved marriages, it's just as likely nowadays to be the woman that's not getting it. And that was me in my long endless marriage it seemed long and endless when you're not getting touched um that was me and then you know what does the woman do in that case 
and, and in this case, assuming she picked a good man, and that's a big if, that's another thing I have to work with. As a coach, I have to be like, you have to marry, you have to pick a good man. He can't be addicted. He can't be physically abusive. Um, he has to be capable of being faithful, or I'm not going to coach you into falling back in love together again. So, you know, I have to pick women that are, have good men that are willing to take responsibility and do, you know, take some, you know, maybe go first, you know, although he quickly responds. Um, but, but yeah, that, that, if I, it, it's a different approach, right? The man is often craving like appreciation, respect, and sex and sexual connection, whereas a woman wants the romance, the being cherished, the, you know, the safety and such. So, and not, I mean, not always, everybody has different variations, of course. Of course, of course. So I can see why different therapists have different approaches too. Absolutely. It sounds like you've, you've had some, a couple of more points that we want to kind of get to. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then there was embodiment. Um, a top complaint of women is the inability to get out of our busy, busy heads and into pleasure, right? We have so much distraction. Our thoughts are, you know, leading us this way and that. I mean, it's, it's you know, orgasm is hard for women. Whereas, you know, you, you have a couple relationship and typical sexual encounter is her struggling to, to come. Well, he's struggling not to. <laughs> yep. Right? So that's a bigger challenge. We're not built for this so easily, you know? And so I teach a mind, mindful embodiment practices that enable you to be present in the moment, kind to yourself, aware of body and senses, because pleasure takes place in the body and senses and not really so much up in the busy, busy brain, right? So also, if women have experienced unpleasant touch, premature, you know, the biggest source of pain for women is premature penetration, it, their touch sensitivity, their pleasure is diminished or their bodies can even go numb. And you have to bring that back up. Even menopause can really cause sensation to be dulled. Trauma, as you know, can cause um, you to lose sensation, be checked out during sex. So how do you increase sensitivity and focus? Well, there's practices and they require mindful sensation and focus. Things like breath, movement, touch, sound, and imagination to rewire the brain and the body to receive more pleasure. And who's, who teaches that, right? Sex ed doesn't teach that. How to enjoy your body more, how to no. enjoff sex life more. Nobody teaches that. That's why I brought that a lot of that into my coaching. Great. Great. It's great to hear. Um, there's I think there's a couple of more, right? One or two yeah, more. And then, then we have creativity. So bedroom boredom is just as common for women as it is for men, which is a lost opportunity because the sexual menu is potentially vast, right? And sexual, sexuality has several aspects, only one of which is like the act. The others are the emotions you want to feel. What do you want to feel during lovemaking? So we explore themes and, you know, many women, they want to feel beautiful, cherished, maybe powerful, maybe naughty, maybe spiritually connected maybe dominate it, right? There's a lot of different themes that we can explore. Um, and there's a lot else also too, beyond penis and vagina intercourse, which only about a third of women reliably orgasm from anyway. Wow, okay. Well, creativity, there's also time. Women need time. A great sex life does not just happen. It needs to be given priority. 
it needs to be given time. Um, there is nothing wrong with scheduled or anticipated lovemaking, like I like to call it. It makes it much more likely to happen than waiting for this, you know, this rare occasion that both of you are just mutually, spontaneously in the mood. But that's a recipe for, you know, sex-starved marriage. Um, so you have to prioritize it and make time for it. I don't like to say date nights. I like to say intimacy nights, right? It doesn't necessarily I, I... I really like the way you said it about anticipation. That's such a nice uh, shift on on like a Saturday night that's structured. It's saying like you're waiting for that anticipation to be intimate, which kind of puts puts a very different spin to it. Yeah, you could flirt with each other in the days leading to it or the hours or the time, you know, you can text each other. I, oh, I can't wait till I set <clears> the time. Also, it, it gives you the chance to set the context. Because it's something that women also want, which is a, maybe a subcategory here, is mm -hmm. we want content. We want it to be a beautiful room. If there is a pile of laundry, we are not in our view, we are not in the mood. We can't filter that stuff out. If someone's going to walk in, if a kid's going to knock on the door, we can't block that out. We can't relax if we have these upsetting things in our path, right? It's a woman needs focused attention. She needs the contact. That's why we crave romance. That's why we crave date nights because we can set it up and we can look forward to it and we don't have the laundry sitting there bothering us and somebody's ready to walk in the door, right? right. I think they, they, I think I think there's a huge benefit there, right? Like, yeah, like, and in addition, the time is the second facet, which is the female body takes so much longer than the male body to actually get aroused. Mm. Right. If a man is a microwave, a woman is like a wood stove, and we need kindling, right? And we need the fire stove, <laughs> and then we need more kindling, and it takes twenty minutes or more to get it fired up, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, even understanding that that you're you're normal, that you're not turned on, you know, with a three minutes of foreplay, and you're not turned on. That's normal. That is your anatomy. You know, you need twenty to forty minutes to be primed. The average sex act being over in six minutes. No wonder why women are frustrated. Well, I, I could imagine there's a, quite a discrepancy there. <laughs> right. And then the last section, that was a lot, right? Now there's the big one, which is I have a quiz for women on my website, moreintimacy.net. Mm -hmm. And uh, which of these categories is your biggest block to bliss? What are you most needing in your sex life? And it'll come out on one of these you know, categories. And my number one category is this one emotional connection mm. partner connection that's what women are craving above above all else and you know if, if a woman doesn't feel emotionally connected she's likely to not feel in the mood right safe fulfilled right. those kind of things so again points you know one and two how do you make yourself happy or show up in a good mood how do you you know um, relate to your man in a way that want he wants to be your hero he wants to please you you create a safe relationship, that all plays into getting the emotional connection that you crave. Wow. That's uh that sounds uh definitely empowering and it definitely sounds like something that a lot of people uh, a lot of women can benefit from if they if some of our listeners are interested in getting in touch with you, what would be uh what would be the best way? Yeah, um I have a Facebook group that's uh, about fifteen hundred women and a post um uh, we have all these discussions and posts about how to how to create happy sex in marriages again, and it's it's called more intimacy in marriage for women. And uh, my website is 
sexualmoreintimacy.net. And any woman referred by her therapist can enjoy a complimentary session with me. Oh, great. What sex and intimacy coaching looks like. And, and now that it's, uh, you know, we rely on Zoom so much, I'm, uh, I'm assuming that you could see people across the U.S. or do you typically just focus on, uh, <clears throat> you know, in your surrounding uh, neighborhood? So everywhere, actually, even in, even abroad, even so, abroad. Wow. Um, right. That's the nice thing. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I can practice as a psychotherapist in Colorado, but you, as a coach, as you can know, you can, you can practice everywhere and I use coaching techniques. So, I've, um, so anywhere, yeah, anywhere. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So it definitely works for a lot of our audience that are, you know, now that are actually international that are listening from all over sort of English speaking world, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, they're not they're you know, they're frequently getting just the same kind of, you know, negative messages and confusion that we have here. In fact, maybe more so. <laughs> more so. Um, yeah, absolutely. Can women, all, you know, if the cultural differences are too vast, then a lot of that like men women thing might not be you know working. But I'm like, for women that are married to regular guys, and you guys even therapists are nodding right. your head. Right. You're like, yes, guys, you know, women need to know guys are not that complicated when it comes to what they need out of a relationship. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, uh, I th I think you gave Tim and I an idea about we kind of stop being therapists and more start working with men. How to empower them on their side to complement <laughs> what Debbie's doing. <laughs> and men to you know have them gift this to their women. This program, this coaching program, because I make you know my oh, my make, I help my women to fall in love with their man again. To stop trying to turn him into your girlfriend. To stop trying it, you know, and, and really appreciate what you've got. Uh, he's, you know, he's your hero. Men's way of showing love is different. He's a protector. He's a provider. He wants to please you in bed. You know, if you've got all a guy that's like doing these things for you, you've got a good man. You know, agree. Stop trying to turn him into a, a woman. You know, there make ourselves happy. Talk to me. I'm your support. Right. Let's. To get you know, women love to talk about feelings, not men. Right? There's no, there's no disagreement here on our end. <laughs> uh, let's do this. We do kind of have to end for today, but this was such an interesting conversation, and I hope I, I know definitely learned a couple of things, and I'm sure some of our listeners did as well. Again, Debbie, uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, and for all the listeners out there. Hope to um, have you guys with us next time. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Thank you, gentlemen. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in this week. As always, we hope that you enjoyed the show and please make sure to subscribe. We love to interact with our listeners. If you have something you'd like to comment on, ask us about, or hope to hear on the show, please message us on Facebook or Twitter at Last Session of the Day with the Psych Guys or send us an email at lastsessionotd at lucancenter.com. Hope to hear from you soon and tune in next week for another engaging episode. This has been the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. See you next time. <laughs>